Welcome to the Locala Podcast. This is episode 18. I would like to see more of the community, not just the LGBTQ community, but all of the community come together. And that has been my focus since I became vice president, is to make us one community. I'm not good with segregation, Mm -hmm. so I don't like the fact that we have to go by the LGBTQ label. Yeah. Or a Latino has to go by a Latino label or whatever. It shouldn't matter if our skin's black, blue, green, purple, white, rainbow whatever we're all people we're all human and we should support each other and uplift as much as we can welcome to the locala podcast everybody i'm lisa anderson your host and publisher of locala magazine today on the couch we have rodney harper and i'm super excited that he is here to join us he is the vice president of the board for ocala pride and welcome to the show rodney thank you for having me yes so Let's start off and tell people a little bit about who you are and and how you got involved with Pride. I started off helping a friend. She had queens that canceled and I had never done drag. And I thought, well, how hard can it be? Put on dress heels, little lipstick. Easy. Wasn't so easy. After four and a half hours, I finally got transformed into a pretty woman (laughs) and walking in heels alone was challenging to say the least yes (laughs) i still don't walk well in heels no i don't either if that makes you feel better i I have to use the chunky ones (laughs) yeah me too (laughs) gotta have a chunky heel and then i ended up going in my own direction and went from the pretty girly queen to a bearded queen I was a member of Ocala Pride, and I just happened to attend elections uh, two years ago now, and got elected board member at large, and then our president ended up with some health conditions, so she stepped down. The vice president moved up to president, and I got nominated for the vice president position. Had no clue what I was doing. (laughs) And but it's a year later, and you said you just got reelected, so you must have figured it out okay. <laughs> I did. I, I, I took everything that anybody was supposed to do and just made it all my problem. Oh, <laughs> that was the easiest way to do it. I knew everything was covered. There you go. So, okay, so tell me a little bit about background about Pride because how long have they been around? And I know they took a little break, they've been off and on a couple times. I guess they okay. started back in the 70s, okay, and it started out as a little social group. And the people that ran it decided they wanted something more. Okay. And they worked on making it like it is today. But, of course, the laws and everything back then were a lot different. Yeah. So it went on pause for a a little while. Okay. It was dormant till about 2007, I believe. Okay. Okay. And then, of course, they jumped in feet first and Mm -hmm. got it going it's been a bumpy process since then and then yes covid shut them down for almost two years okay and then of course once we were back up and running we had no presence in the community so Mm -hmm. of course me being the inner drag queen come out and it was like (laughs) We need to be in everybody's face <laughs> and let them know we didn't go nowhere. We're yeah. still here. Yep. 
when we planned Pride, we normally have it at Tuscawilla. We decided it needed to be in the downtown square. Oh, that's fantastic. That's where everybody sees us. And yeah. We had a few protesters. I think there was a total of like six. Our security and the police department and the park rangers all handled it very well. Okay. Our event went off fantastically. We had our highest record of attendees so far. Yeah, you know, that's how I knew you guys were back because <laughs> a lot of the people that I know, I didn't know it was going on. I missed it, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but um, I started seeing pictures from it popping up all over my social media. And I was like, what? <laughs> I missed this. <laughs> they said at our peak, we had 3,000 attendees in the downtown square. Oh, that's fantastic. So other than Pride, what is um, the Pride Fest, like the, the festival, what do you guys do with the community and for the community? Well, we actually partner with Starbucks. Okay. Which ev usually everybody's like, Starbucks? But yeah. Starbucks is very LGBTQ friendly. Yeah. And they do a lot for their employees. Okay. And so the one over here on 441 and... We do a drag bingo once a month there, and Starbucks picks the charity, and if it's a toy drive, we the entry fee is you bring an unwrapped toy. Sure. If it's food, you bring food, and we raise the money, the food, the toys, or whatever the need's for, yeah. for whatever charity th they've chosen, and then... On Maricamp at a Starbucks, we're getting ready to start a drag show there that'll be charity-based as well. Okay. And then we're also part of the State of Florida Department of Health Equity Health Equity Task Force. Okay. That's a lot to say. That is a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> we represent all of the minorities, not just the LGBTQ. Sure. So we have... Latino minorities, the black minorities. If yeah. you're if you're not a middle class or upper class white person, we represent you. Okay. And we've gotten a lot going. We've they like they focus right now their focus is the diabetes problem in Marion County and the lack of treatments and people that can't afford medicine and things like that. Sure. And the services they offer, well, Marion County actually has a ton of great programs, mm -hmm. but they're the best kept little secret going. Okay. Okay. And that's where we're trying to take our part and get the word out. We uh, partner with PFLAG. Okay. Which is parents and families of l parents and friends of lesbian and gay. Okay. We partner with them. Um, the National Organization of Women. Of course, Ocala Demands Action is at almost all of our events. Mm -hmm. We did the Drag Queen Story Hour, which had a great turnout community-wise. Yeah. But also protester and proud boy-wise. Okay. And really all in all with the community, there's been a lot of support. 
I think that's really important, especially now, you know. Um, and I love that you guys are doing a lot of other charity events to help raise awareness for different charities. I think that shines a fabulous light, you know, on everything that that we stand for as a community. And, you know, and to have you be a, a part of that is just fantastic. Um, I kind of want to redirect a little bit and oh, dive right. into your uh, childhood a little bit. So are you originally from Ocala area? Not Ocala itself, but it's this little bitty town that most people haven't heard of called Hernando right south of Ocala. Okay, I have heard. <laughs> most people, if they've heard of it, all they know is stump knockers on the water. Oh, geez. <laughs> it's like, yeah, there's a little more. Go a little further down. Okay. <laughs> but I grew up. In Hernando, I moved away when I turned 18 to Indiana. Oh, that must have been a bit of a shock weather-wise as well. Yes, it was. (laughs) And then I spent about 22 years going back and forth. Okay. What took you to Indiana? My youngest sister was up there, and she was not in the best living situation. So (laughs) me being the baby, I... I felt, well, I can go up there and I can take on the world and I can fix her situation. And my flawed superhero ability, I want to fix everything. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I got up there and the town she lived in, when I was down here, they told me, oh, there's so many jobs. I get there, there's literally a general store and a factory and that is town. Yes. Like, ooh. There's a lot of little Midwest towns like that. Yes. I, I grew up in Wisconsin. <laughs> I saw a lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> so you went back and forth for 22 years or so. Um, you mentioned that you were a shy child. Um, so tell me yes. a little bit about what you were like as a child and what it was like growing up for you here. I was very reserved and I don't want to say antisocial, but I spent a lot of time alone. The friends I did have were still friends to this day, but it was a very, very small circle. I mean, there was like four of us. Yeah. Of course, I like to say I was a good child, but in all reality, I tested the waters a lot more than I probably (laughs) should have. And I remember one time my mom was at work. She was a single mom, and we didn't have quite the means that a lot of the families did. And I thought, well, I'm going to go find the end of the rainbow and I'm going to fix that. And, and of course, there were very strict rules that if the sun was going down, you needed to be at home. Mm -hmm. And, of course, I think I was like eight. And I'd walked all over the neighborhood trying to find the end of this rainbow that just kept moving on. Oh, gosh. (laughs) So by the time it was done... I'd spent like four hours chasing this rainbow and it's starting to get dark and I have to walk home. Oh my gosh. And it was dark by the time I got home and when I got in, of course, I got a good swat and it's like, what? And I was told, you know, you know, before it's dark, you need to be home. You were not home. Yeah. And then I thought in my defense, I was going to, make us rich and we were going to be good and I was finding <laughs> the end of the rainbow that didn't help my case. No, no, I suppose not. <laughs> so 
So is that why you put rainbows on your eyeshadow and, and stuff? Actually, that's because of the LGBTQ part. Mm-hmm. Although I never thought about it. That might be like some little I was going to say, back, you know, originally when you told me that that's what you did, I figured it was LGBTQ related, but, but now that story. <laughs> the rainbow represents your pride. Yeah. And, of course, most of my life I was not an out gay man. Yeah. So once I come out, I once I come out of the closet the door broke and i can never go back (laughs) and so now i've had drag queens that have come up to me later on and told me that they started doing drag because they seen me perform and they had the courage now i thought well then i really need to step up my game and represent so i figured well i'm bearded i'm already gonna get all kinds of looks and attention Mm mm-hmm what I just thought about what gave me solace and that's when I go to any business and I see the little rainbow stickers I know okay I'm good I'm safe yeah so I'm a walking safe space and I plaster it all over my face oh fantastic so okay so tell me a little bit about um what that transition was like for you coming like from not from being in the closet and and to finding the courage to come out what was that story for you well, I was with my ex for 25 years, and our relationship ended, and I ended up moving in with family and stuff. wasn't the most ideal situation, and I just got up one day, and something clicked in me that I'm sick of being somebody I'm not, Yeah, and I'm here. You're either going to love me or hate me. It, it's not my problem. My My problem is I need to be me. Yeah. So I came out to my family, and at first, you know, they were, most of them were very accepting. I had a few that were reserved. And then I had never at that point even been to, well, I'd went to a gay bar in Clearwater when I was young. Mm -hmm. But I was with friends that went there to meet some of their friends, and they were all straight, so, and nobody knew I was gay, so. Yeah. And then, after I came out, I decided, well, I want to go to a gay bar. Yeah. I want to be around other people that are gay. Yeah. And, of course, naturally in Hernando, there are no gay bars. <laughs> 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 Got a couple bars, but none of them are gay. Yeah. <laughs> so I looked online, and I found the Copa here in Ocala. Okay. I started coming to the Copa. Wasn't my ideal type of what I thought a gay bar was. Sure. It had more of the cheers for gay people type feel. Yeah. And I was looking for, you know, like you see on the movies where they, they got the techno music over here. Yeah, you needed a club in Orlando yes. or something. Yeah. <laughs> and so w- when I got there, I'm just like, is this the gay bar? Yeah. And they're like, yeah. Are other people going to come? <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, at that time, they had a good crowd. Yeah. wasn't, again, what I thought it was going to be like. Right. I decided it wasn't really for me, wasn't my style. So I just kind of went back to my introverted self. Mm-hmm. And I did a lot of chatting online on little chat rooms. Mm-hmm. And I'd met a queen that she was just starting out. And 
we'd been talking and everything. We, I think we'd been friends for about eight months on the chat group, and mm -hmm. we decided to meet. Well, okay. she was doing a talent show at the Copa. She did the first night, and I didn't go. And then she had messaged me. I guess, you know, they were kind of catty with her. And being a new queen, that's rough on them. Yeah. Of course, once I come out of the closet, I'm very defensive of anyone in my community. So mm -hmm. next show, I was there. Didn't want to be, but I was there. Yeah. Sat right in the center, ready to get anybody that got out of hand. Aww. And, of course... I had seen her, you know, in boy mode. I'd never seen her as a queen. So I'm sitting there and walked right past her. Oh, gosh. Yeah. No clue it was her. Yeah. And then, of course, once I found out, I'm just like, wow. And, of course, at that time, I wasn't doing drag. Had no interest in it. Hadn't even thought about it. Yeah. And I was just amazed that he could go from looking like he did when I seen him to... I mean, he looked like the real beautiful Barbie doll-shaped woman. And it's just like, how'd you do that? Because he's a bigger boy. Yeah. And it's like, how do you go from this to this? Of course, I found that out, too. That's, of course, it's oh Yes, Lord. yes. <laughs> yes, I tell you, the first drag show that I went to, too, I was, I was just floored. I'm like, they are the most beautiful women I have ever seen. <laughs> Just it was it was such a wonderful experience. I've noticed that when you go to a drag show and everybody has different styles, different looks. But the thing that always got me is the way they make you feel yes. when you come there to see them. Yes. And most of the performers like the stage. Mm -hmm. I despise the stage. Really? A stage separates me. It says I'm better than you. I, I need to be the center of attention, and I'm right here. You need to sit and watch. No, you worked hard for your money, and you're coming here, and you're going to tip me. Yeah. You shouldn't have to walk up and throw it at my feet or throw it in a bucket. I should take it with my hand, and I should acknowledge you. Yeah. I did uh, Space Coast Pride, and we were supposed to go on the stage. And I'm off to the side sitting, and the music starts, and they're pointing for me to go up the stage and I just kind of looked at it and I went, nope, not doing it. <laughs> and I went out into the crowd. Yeah. I just, I like to interact very much with the audience. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm there is because yeah. they want to see me. Yeah. So I think they deserve interaction and personal attention. Now you said you've been doing this for about four years, I think. Yes. Okay. Um, and you said that first one was pretty rough. You had, Oh yes. <laughs> Yeah, so tell I told me that story just before we started recording. So why don't you tell the audience that story? Well, I had got my first tattoo that I was absolutely terrified of needles. So that had me all tense and everything. Then when I got my tattoo, I went and spent four and a half hours getting made up to be the pretty woman. And Which you weren't expecting. No. You were just thinking, I'm going to throw on some lipstick yeah, so and away I, I go. I, <laughs> yeah, I thought it was going to be a 10-minute process, not yeah. four hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and when we got to the club, it was a smaller venue, but still pretty nice. Yeah. But they had a stripper pole there that I don't know what it was. I, I was just fascinated by the stripper pole. When we had started setting up, of course, you know, I had to 
take my world before everybody got around on the stripper pole to see how it worked. <laughs> never actually touched one before that. Yeah. And the whole bar spun, and it was fun, and I decided that's my new favorite thing. It's a great prop. I don't do it very well, but it's a great prop, and I have fun. <laughs> and, of course, then we got set up and got started. The first songs went through, and, of course, I had never performed, so I'm lip-syncing to something. I'm built like a linebacker, so it it takes a lot for me to even look like a woman. Don't matter what the face looks like. I don't have the body for Jessica Rabbit. And so you have this linebacker in a dress and wig and all that pretty face walking around lip-syncing. Pre-beard, too, right? Yes, pre-beard. And I'm walking around lip-syncing all stiff and nervous. The first song went okay. Then we had our little intermission. The second song sets come up. And the performer that was supposed to go in front of me went to go on. And as she's going, they started my music. (laughs) And, of course, her being a professional, she just kept going with the music. and Which was funny because it wasn't her style of music. And she really didn't. She'd heard the song a couple times, but she didn't know it. Yeah. But she made it work. She made it work. And about halfway through, they realized what they did, and they stopped it and restarted her with her music. And then, of course, when she got done, it come time for me to go on. So I go by the stripper pole, getting my position ready to go. And my music starts, and it starts where they left off with her halfway through. And I'm just like, uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. I don't know this verse without getting to it. And it was a lot of running. But I finally got it caught up in my head, and started performing and it ended up being okay not my best performances the first six months of my performance wasn't my best I I didn't I got great encouragement Mm -hmm. but it wasn't great uh constructive criticism Mm -hmm. so I would get you did so good you did great and then when I would see videos it'd be like y'all need a new taste in good and great because that was horrible (laughs) and then of course after that, you know, six months, I think I spent eight months with that person, and then we went our separate ways. And then, of course, not knowing how to do makeup myself, everybody always told me, oh, practice, practice, practice. I don't mind putting makeup on. It still takes me hours. But the process of taking makeup off, I utterly hate. Yeah. <laughs> So I don't practice a lot. Especially stage makeup. (laughs) Yeah, so I don't practice a lot. My practice is the day of a show, and my manny always asks me, well, what look are you going to do? Whatever comes out. Yep, exactly. (laughs) I just start, and wherever the creative (laughs) juices go, that's that's what I become. (laughs) Sometimes it's a masculine-feminine combo. Sometimes from the beard up, it's really feminine. Other times, it's like, maybe I should have just wiped it off and started all over. <laughs> I think we all have those days. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually done that a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you said you went um, bearded because you wanted to be a little bit different. Yeah, because at the time I was performing, you could go to an end at pretty much any club and see at least 10 others that were like me, mm-hmm. a nice... Not discounting or anything, the yeah. the pretty passable queens. Yeah. But my point of being a queen was 
I'm a man in a dress. Okay. I'm never going to look like anything more than a man in a dress. <laughs> so I needed the outside to match the rest of it. Sure. So I thought, well, I've only heard of two bearded queens at the time, and one was across the U.S. and one was here in Florida. I uh, started following her and stuff, and I'm like, okay. And she she would do the little TikToks and stuff where it showed her doing her makeup. So that's how I learned how to contour for my beard and all that was watching her. And it's like, okay, well, I can do this. Yeah. And then I decided to do the bearded thing because I wanted to be different. I didn't want to be one of the 10 to 20 that you walk in a club and see. I wanted to be the one that when you come in the club, you're like, what is that? Yeah. I don't care if it, you meant it good or bad. You were noticing me. <laughs> I got your attention is Megan Trainer's new song, I Made You Look. That's right. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, okay, I have a couple of questions um, that I was thinking about. The first one is, um, what is your stage name? Or do you just go by the bearded drag lady? Safira. And it's not a really appropriate last name. Oh, <laughs> But it it goes close to beach. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, when I chose my stage name, of course, I started out with a drag mother's last name, which was different. And But when I chose my name, I, I went through all the names I could find that were female. And nothing really seemed to fit me. Yeah. And then... My favorite, one of my favorite movies is Aragon. Okay. And Safira is his blue dragon. Okay. My favorite okay. color is blue. I love dragons and I love that movie. Yeah. I can be a Safira. There you go. So I took <laughs> Safira. Later on, when I left my drag mother and the last name come about, I'd got on different chat groups and was asking, you know, what would you want as a last name as a performer that, you know, no matter how you pronounce it, it's still got to be spelled friendly enough for everybody. Yeah. So a lot of them give different versions of it. Mm-hmm. And mine was more of a spin on B, uh, B Arthur. Okay. And then Yachts. Aha. <laughs> so when you put them together, <laughs> you know, you get that nice little word. Yeah. <laughs> And of course, it's funny because my for me my name was rather easy. It's Safira, and then I'll have uh, MCs and stuff that'll introduce me as Sapphire, Sapphira. Oh, jeez. Okay, well I can do that. And then I was at the Copa performing one time, and she couldn't remember my name, and we're friends. Oh no. And, and but I've been when there. you get going, you you have that little train of I lost it. Yep. And she's like the B, <laughs> but she said it. Yeah. And it's just, and it was funny because she's one of those women that you know when you see her, she's a, a woman. Yeah. And of course, when she introduced me, she used her man voice. Oh, yeah. and it's like, oh right. <laughs> I think everything I I choose, I try to find some significance with. Yeah, yeah, make it your own. And I do have a quick question because you you talk a little bit about um, we're actually almost out of time, pretty much. But <laughs> um, 
you talk a little bit about um, being a man in a woman's dress. So what are, um, do your pronouns change for you when you step into that dress or do you keep the same pronouns for yourself? I use the same pronouns all the time. Okay. Which are whatever you want to call me. <laughs> as long as it's not late for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am good. Okay. I don't get offended if I'm in a dress and you call me she or you call me he. Because okay. I'm a man in a dress. Yeah. So whatever you want to call me is fine. My fiance, he actually calls me his lady. There you go. So I go by a female pronoun all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I also go by a male pronoun all the time. Okay. I'm on the fence with pronouns. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're great, but you can't get offended that somebody didn't know or understand your pronoun and sure. they called you something wrong. Sure. But I'm a Libra, so, you know, I, I'm on that scale. I don't care. Today I'm a male. Today I'm a female. Whatever you want to call me. That's right. Is there anything that you wanted to address that I did not ask you today? The only thing that I didn't really touch on that I would have liked to is with Ocala Pride reestablishing our presence. I would like to see more of the community, not just the LGBTQ community, but all of the community come together. And that has been my focus since I became vice president is to make us one community. I'm not good with segregation, Mm -hmm. so I don't like the fact that we have to go by the LGBTQ label. Yeah. Or a Latino has to go by a Latino label or whatever. It shouldn't matter if our skin's black, blue, green, purple, white, rainbow, whatever. We're all people, we're all human, and we should support each other and uplift as much as we can. Perfect. You just gave the Locala motto right there. (laughs) (laughs) That is beautiful. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Rodney. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, once again, thank you everybody for joining us here at the Locala podcast. I will link to the Ocala Pride for you in the description below. If you would like to read um, Rodney's story in the magazine, that is available at www.localamag.com. We look forward to seeing you guys here next podcast with Locala, where we focus on connections through stories. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Locala podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please go ahead, like, share, and download. Your support is truly appreciated.